Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jesse Williams podcast. If you've read the description, you'll know that this episode is going to be a little bit about my journey with health, fitness, my body, confidence, all of that kind of stuff and kind of where I sort of began with everything and how it's all sort of landed me where I am, I suppose. But I thought this would be a really good podcast episode because it's something that I can just kind of like kick back and have like a proper conversation with you guys about as though you're just there and I just want it to be something kind of like chill but just something to give you a little bit of context but also with all of this crazy coronavirus stuff that's going on and so many people in self-isolation at the moment I think now is the perfect time to be kind of like podcasting and having a talk to you guys getting content out there and stuff like that um, if you do follow me on Instagram you know that I've started doing a few more at home workout videos and things like that just stuff to kind of give you content if you are trapped and stuck at home right now and I just want to say if anyone is listening to this who is you know a single parent anyone who has been let go of their jobs or had their hours cut back if you're a nurse doctor anyone in kind of like the emergency services and stuff or anyone just working on the front line or having it tough throughout this time. I just wanted to say so much respect to you for everything that you're doing right now. I am really, really, really grateful and not taking for granted at all the fact that much of my business was already online when this happened. So um, I haven't been hit too hard. Obviously, I've taken quite a cut in terms of the face-to-face personal training with a lot of people not wanting to step foot in the gym and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's been okay and hasn't hasn't slowed me down online or if if anything I'm quite surprised it's probably picked up online I thought a lot of people were going to be a little bit hesitant to spend money at the moment um, and money mindset is something that I talk about a lot so I guess I'm kind of thankful that it is something that I talk about because I like trust and believe in it so much and think it's so so important to invest in yourself and I think anyone who is a coach right now is kind of like feeling a little bit worried and and having that, I guess there's a glass half empty mentality when it comes to being a coach and thinking, you know, coaching is going to be the first thing to go. No one needs a personal trainer or a coach and um, it's not a necessity and stuff like that. But fucking oath 2020, it is an absolutely a necessity. And I think that that outlook and that glass half full um, and that optimistic mindset and the way I perceive coaching has what has led to me to only see an increase in um, applications for my programs and people wanting to work with me and stuff like that. Because I think that if you're a coach and you're feeling down right now, people need you more than ever. People are feeling so lost and so confused and so unsure and scared, to be honest. Like they're actually scared right now. And like people need you more than ever. And honestly, As much as I launched it weeks ago, I think that the timing of my GLOW program, which is my eight-week mindset coaching program, couldn't have been better timed. We are starting Monday, and I think that 
to have a group of women who are all feeling really ready to take that next step and up level in their lives right now, all working together starting Monday for the next eight weeks. I honestly don't think there could be a better time to be doing a program like this. So um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your work or industry is, is in just know that there's always two ways to look at things and we can sit in fear right now and we can worry about all of those what ifs and things like that or we can just be really really optimistic and above all we need to be willing to pivot um so an example of that is i've seen so many um cafes and restaurants who have never had takeaway menus now doing takeaway menus um a lot of personal trainers who have never had an online client in their life are now offering you know online coaching and online programming and stuff like that and i just think that now is a super important time to pivot i even One that I saw yesterday, which I was like super impressed with is actually my hairdresser. Um, Her name's Mel and she owns a um, company called Lasara Hair Boutique. Um, And honestly, she is now offering delivery on products. So like you can get your shampoo and conditioner and stuff like that delivered to your house, which I just think is so innovative and is exactly what businesses should be doing. They shouldn't be waiting one, two to five weeks to make that jump. They should be being really proactive and doing it now as opposed to being reactive. So um, I just want to say if you are an employee of anyone, kind of get your shit together. What services you can you offer? What are you good at? Are you good with numbers, money? Are you good with creativity and things like that? Start offering to freelance out and help people that it aligns with what you're good at. Um, so just remember, you, there's always um, there's always a good way to look at things and keep focusing on on the positives. I guess like I, I guess that's the best way to put it. But let's go ahead. Let's get straight into it. All of the juicy stuff. Let's go into my journey with health, fitness, and my body. I guess like it feels so bizarre to even like start this because it's just been such a long process. I'll be coming up to 10 years since I first started, I guess it all started with Googling the word healthy eating probably. Um, But basically to give you a bit of background context into how I got where I am was when I was in high school um, and I would have been probably about year nine, I think I was about 15, 16. I had started putting on weight over the last few years prior and I didn't really notice it happen. It kind of just happened really, really gradually. Like, yeah, it just it's weird because I was self-conscious, like I was getting increasively self-conscious, but I hadn't linked necessarily that lack of self-confidence to the fact I was gaining weight. I know that sounds really weird, but it's almost like I was getting more and more self-conscious, but I wasn't noticing that it was because I was gaining weight. And it wasn't until, um, I think it was like New Year's one year, when I was like trying on dresses and stuff like that to go to this party and nothing was like, looking really nice and I was just feeling like you know when you go to put on a pair of jeans and they're just like they uh, that little bit too tight or like a dress and it's a little bit too tight well that's what was happening with me and I was kind of like had this sudden like what the fuck how did I go how did I how did I put on all this weight and it's like I saw myself in the mirror for the first time in a, in a different body. And it was a body that all of a sudden I was really unhappy with. And, um, I did see myself as, as quite overweight. Um, 
in hindsight, I wasn't incredibly overweight, but I definitely um, was past being in a healthy body weight for my age, height, weight, all that stuff. Not even um, not even BMI because I'm, I'm not a huge believer in BMI. For example, if you take a really tall, big, bulky, muscly guy who's like pure muscle, it'll probably tell him he's obese um, because it's just height times weight doesn't actually account for um, the composition of that weight. So it doesn't know that it is like how much of you is muscle and how much of you is body fat. But beyond that, BMI regardless, I, I was I was past healthy, I would say. And I was past healthy in terms of what my actual weight was, but I was also not healthy in terms of my lifestyle. So I probably started about 16 was probably where I started, you know, having a few drinks with friends at parties and then a few drinks would probably leave, lead to too much drinking. Um, I was quite the binge drinker, I guess you could say. A lot of my friends kind of were around that time. Um, my older brother, one of them, um, well, both of them actually had just had got their licenses, but the middle brother, who is the middle of the three, but both are older than me, um, him and I were still at school at the same time when he still had a license. So when I was in about year nine, he was in year 12. So when he got his license, we would start doing like Macca's runs on um, lunch breaks at school and stuff like that, because it was just like a fun thing to do. Um, and, you know, on the on the weekends, if we both didn't have any plans with friends, we'd be like, let's go get Hungry Jacks and chocolate and chips and lollies or whatever. And we would kind of like go get junk food together. And that was sort of like a thing. Um, every time I got my period, like mum would bring home a block of chocolate for me, like bless her. And I would just like eat the whole thing in one sitting, like family block of chocolate? Mm, no, I was the whole family in that situation. Um, and I would do that every time I got my period. I didn't train or anything like that. I'd gone from a really young and sporty kid. Like I did so much sport as a kid. Um, I played tennis and then I did sport aerobics and then I also did hip hop. And then as I started getting older, my dancing was taking over. So I let tennis go, but I was dancing like so many times per week because I was in two teams. I had both the hip hop and the sport aerobics. So I was dancing a lot and then I just cut it all out. So I'd gone from like tennis and dancing, pretty much having sport every day of the week to, to nothing. Like, so basically my food was getting worse and worse and worse. I was like drinking alcohol. So like socially, um, there were things that were causing weight gain there. And then I'd taken away all of my form of physical activity. So I was doing virtually nothing at all. So you can see why it wasn't hard for me to be putting on weight um, and quite rapidly given all of that information. So basically from there, once I actually realized that I had put on weight, the next step for me was like, okay, I'm, I'm really not happy with this. And um, I remember having like a really open and honest conversation with my mum about it, like, mum, why didn't you say anything? Like, I'm clearly not healthy for my age and stuff like that. And um, mum had said to me, um, you know, you would come to the conclusion on your own in your own time. Um, I didn't, you, you weren't at risk of anything or a point where me saying anything could have just made you like even worse or something like that. She's like, it's not my place to like pick on your body or anything like that. Um, and that might sound harsh, but like anyone who knows my mom knows she's the most loving person ever. And so basically my mom had noticed me putting on a little bit of weight as well, but, um, 
it wasn't something she ever would have brought up with me. Like she wasn't that concerned. Um, she didn't see that my health was at risk or anything like that. But I basically said to her, I want to start like trying to be healthier and things like that. And she was like really, really super supportive. Um, and so even she started buying like some healthier dinners and stuff like that, um, which was really, really good. So that was a massive help for me. So basically the first thing I did was I actually reached out and found a personal trainer. Um, his name's Brent Cosnet. He runs um, a company called Cosnet Training Systems. And like, honestly, he's such a super knowledgeable guy. Like he, I still follow him on socials to this day, just because he puts out so much amazing content. And I'm really, really, really lucky that um, the first trainer or the first personal training experience I ever had was with someone like that. Um, there are a few horror stories that I do hear about um, personal training. So I think that I'm really, really grateful for that experience because it definitely set me off on a little bit of um, the right path. Um, my style of eating and stuff now is like polar opposite to what Brent encourages, but um, he still has really, really good content and stuff like that. So um, he's probably pushes a little bit more, um, not in, not when I say push, I'm not in a cult like sort of way, but he has, he follows more probably a paleo style of eating. Whereas if you followed me, you know that I follow more of a plant-based lifestyle. So, um, they are quite opposite now, but that's definitely what I did to lose weight. Initially, I did follow a little bit more of a paleo approach. Um, I wasn't hard or strict on myself. I didn't cut out all grains or anything like that, but I did just focus um, on trying to follow more of a paleo approach because it did make it a lot easier to eat healthier foods, I suppose. So that was the beginning of doing that. And then I started personal training and then I shifted into like a group um, program with um, Brent and I lost quite a lot of weight. Um, I, yeah, I would say that I had huge success with him, um, working alongside him. Um, and then eventually I stopped personal training and, um, I had joined my first ever gym, which was a little jets in my home suburb of Lang Warren. And I just started going there. Um, after school, I actually worked at, um, charcoal chicken was my first ever job. And at that time I was still working there and it, there was like a jets gym next door. So I basically, and like the owner was so friendly. He basically gave me a membership for like $7 a week or something like that, which was for a 16 year old was so good. Um, so I would like go to school and then I would go to the gym and then I would go work at charcoal chicken and probably eat some hot chips and shit <laughs> straight after my gym session. But anyway, that's what I did. So yeah, basically after I stopped working with Brent and was going to the gym on my own, I was good for a while. And then as you do, I fell off track a little bit here and there. And I would say that I rebounded not all of the weight, but quite a lot of it. And fast forward through, um, I won't go into it a lot, but I would say that I rebounded multiple times. So, um, from there, I was generally, wasn't really working with a trainer. I was more just trying to do it on my own. I started my first ever Instagram, which was a healthy progress. Um, and I got really, really into it. I just started like posting so much on there. I just loved it. Instagram was really new at that time. And I built up a little bit of a following and then, um, 
eventually one thing led to another. I lost weight again. And then I made like this motivational tips and tricks ebook. So if you are literally, if you are listening to this now and you are one of my OG Instagram followers from when I'm 16 and you bought my motivational tips and tricks ebook, fucking shout out to you. Love you. God bless. Um, I'm still, I actually want to see if I can find that. That would be so funny, but it basically had a few like recipes and like workouts and motivation for like getting to the gym and stuff like that. Oh my God. It was pretty cool to be honest. Like I even paid money to get like a graphic designer, do the book for me and everything. And it looked really good for, um, whenever that would have been like 2016, 17, it was pretty damn cool for then. Um, wait, 2016, 17. No, where did that come from? No, it would have been, oh my gosh, no, it would have been like 2011. Sorry. Wow. I don't know where 2016, 17 came from, but anyway, 2011, OG Jesse. That was such a tangent. But anyway, you're coming along with the whole journey with me. You're in for the long haul, guys. So after then, I did lose a bit more weight and stuff like that. By this point, I did start getting to the point that it didn't feel like any weight loss was enough, which I would say was the very, very beginning of my body dysmorphia. If you don't know what body dysmorphia is, The definition of it is basically um, a mental disorder characterized by the obsessive idea that some aspect of one's own body part or appearance is is severely flawed and therefore warrants exceptional measures to hide or fix one's dysmorphic part of one's figure. So basically, I became obsessed with the idea that my appearance, my appearance was severely flawed. So no amount of weight loss ever kind of seemed like enough, which like in hindsight is just really heartbreaking to think that I went through something like that. And I still struggle with time to time, but I wouldn't call it, but it's not body dysmorphia anymore. It's just like I go through waves of lacking a bit of self-confidence as anyone does, but this wasn't low body confidence. This was like weight loss and it's just not enough. And that then spiraled into binge eating disorder. So binge eating disorder. And I get a lot of clients say to me, like, how do I stop binging? Or I get people reach out to me on Instagram and say, how do I stop binging? And there's definitely a difference between overeating and and binging. So overeating is consuming, you know, way more calories than what your body actually requires. Um, and maybe, you know, it's just a matter of like what you may view as a lack of willpower or, um, you know, you just love junk food and, or you can't say no or whatever it may be. But binge eating disorder is like an actual disorder, which involves consuming a large amount of calories in a short amount of time when the individual is feeling like they don't have control over their actions. And it's often followed by pretty, pretty severe feelings of guilt, shame, disgust, and things like that. Um, People who do have binge eating disorder can even have kind of like weird or unhealthy relationship with food and and they can feel quite embarrassed so they may prefer eating on their own or not in public um they would never usually have a binge in front of anyone it would usually be on their own um they can do things like they can hide wrappers so if they were to like binge on things that came in wrappers they would feel pretty embarrassed by that they may even go to the bin and pick up you know some other rubbish put all their wrappers down and then cover it back up because they would be ashamed if anyone's saw all of the evidence of the empty food wrappers like it's pretty intense um 
And the difference with binge eating disorder to other food disorders is there's no like, um, there's no behavior to compensate for the overeating. So there's no um, purging after, there's no severe food restriction. I mean, they can try, but it'll generally just lead to another binge. But usually it's just the binge eating is the prominent, um, prominent issue. It is also often stem from, not stem from, but it can be triggered by, is probably more correct terminology. It can be triggered by emotions. So if you're feeling really, really upset or um, even like intense boredom can be one, it, it can be enough to trigger a binge. So generally emotions are a huge trigger for binge eating. So basically that is when I came into contact I don't know if came into contact. Yeah, I came into contact with my first ever coach who taught IIFYM or flexible dieting and so forth. Um, and that was a whole new ball game for me. It was like opening up this whole fucking can of worms that holy shit, I can still eat chocolate and ice cream and lose weight. Like I was just blown away by all of this new information that came into my world at the time that I actually learned what calories were and what calories in versus calories out. And it showed me why sometimes even when I was eating really healthy, I still put on weight um, or rebounded even eating healthy because I was eating excess calories, even though it was healthy. So that's just, if you don't already, already, if you don't already, already, sorry, if you don't already know that, um, you can absolutely put on weight, even if you are eating healthy, if you are consuming too many calories for what your body is burning. Um, that's not to say that you will necessarily be unhealthy. Like you're probably getting a great amount of vitamins and minerals and hormone function and stuff like that. But in terms of weight gain, weight loss, it's sort of comes down to in very roundabout way, calories and calories out there obviously are things that can influence calories out and so forth but that's a story for another time but basically I had learned that I didn't have to just eat clean like I was starting to have you know like skinny cow ice creams and I was basically making all of my favorite foods um, in a more I guess macro friendly way which basically meant that I was monitoring my protein fat and carb intake and then I would still be able to have a little bit of ice cream or some chocolate um, or something fun like that so long as it did fit within my macronutrient intake for that day. Um, That was fantastic. But by that point, I had already developed body dysmorphia. So even though I was losing weight, tracking my macros and my calories, I didn't see it in the mirror. I didn't see myself looking any better. And even if the scales went down, I would just dismiss it because the girl in the mirror didn't look any better. And so I was constantly trying to strive for a smaller body. And I was getting to a point where I was really lean and I was really in shape and I was fit and I was and I was pretty healthy physically. But because I just couldn't see it, it ended up hitting this point where I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to have my dream body. Like it's so out of reach for me. I'm just never capable of having this body that I want. And so that's when the binge eating disorder really kicked in. I started just binging on food because in my mind, what the fuck was the point of tracking my macros, of trying to be really good, of doing all this stuff if I'm just not getting anywhere? Because I was getting somewhere, but I couldn't see it. So it didn't matter. And then I would go back on and then I'd put on a little bit of weight and then I would feel really guilty and shit about it. So I would go back to tracking. But then the tracking would lead me to just binge because the girl in the mirror wasn't changing. And it was just this big 
big fucked up cycle of having a really negative relationship with my body, which was causing a negative relationship with food. So even though the method I was using was working, it's evidence-based nutrition, it's scientifically backed, it works if you follow it, it was pointless. It didn't matter that I had the best strategy in the world. It didn't matter that I had the perfect method to fat loss because I was miserable in my own skin. I was so miserable in my own skin that there were so many social situations that I said no to. And I would say that this time of my life, I socially isolated myself so much that I basically, I basically ruined relationships with my friends that will never be the same again. Because this is this was the beginning of me just saying no, of not wanting to go to things, of being terrified of people going out for dinner and not knowing what was on the menu. I just became so obsessed, so obsessed with trying to eat healthy and trying to lose weight. And I absolutely was not starving myself. I never starved. I never purged. I never did anything like that. But it doesn't mean that my mindset wasn't healthy. Just because you don't purge and just because you don't starve yourself or highly restrict your calorie intake, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a healthy relationship with food. You can still have a really unhealthy relationship with food without doing those things. It's about your thoughts and your actions and how much it's influencing your day-to-day life. And for me, I don't think an hour would go by without me thinking about food or my body. I don't think 30 minutes would go by any single day without me thinking about food on my body. In fact, I'd be surprised if 15 minutes could go by without me thinking about those things. It was constantly consuming me and it was exhausting. And I guess that's when it, it probably went on for quite a while. And then one day I just started feeling like surely this isn't normal. Like surely that people people that don't start trying to lose weight feel all, the, all of these things that I'm feeling. And so I began doing a little bit of research, which is when upon my research, binge eating disorder came up for me. And it was like all of these lights going off and they were like all of these aha moments and all of this like this like epiphanies and oh my God, everything makes sense. What the fuck? This isn't normal. I'm not supposed to feel like this. And that was the day that I told my mum and my boyfriend at the time, I I think I have this thing and I explained what it was and they were like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm not really sure. And the thing was they weren't really sure because they never saw me have a binge. I just told them what it was or what I'd done and often would downplay it because I was so embarrassed, right? But they didn't know that, um... They didn't know that I would binge eat to the point that I would feel sick and then I would take all of the wrappers of everything that I'd eaten and hide them under rubbish in the bin. Like they didn't see all of this stuff and they didn't know the extreme pain and torment that I went through. Um, And so they knew that I wasn't happy, but they didn't see they didn't see the level or feel the level of shame and disgust that I saw in myself. And that was a really, really hard time, but it was the beginning of me healing my relationship with my body for the very first time. And basically, I st- once I became aware of it, sorry guys, <clears throat> once I became aware of it, I did begin um, 
trying to find tools and things like that to help me. And I would say that I got a little bit better, but not amazing. And then one thing led to another and I'd stopped working with a coach and I was just trying to do the best that I could. And I was trying to track on my own and time went by fast forwarding. Um, I started working with a new coach and he was, he was really great. Um, he was awesome. So his name was Matt. Um, I'm not even sure if he's a coach. He does fitness coaching anymore. I'm not sure, but he was fantastic. And he's probably the coach. One of the coaches I've worked with for the longest time in terms of he was online. Um, I worked with him from March, um, 2018, right through to October, 2018. So about seven months. Now, during this time working with Matt, I was open about my binges and we spoke about it and I'm not sure what it was, but probably the first four to five months, um, I actually didn't binge working with him and then it kind of returned. And after a while, when it had returned, after it had not been there for four to five months, this time around, I decided to see a psychologist instead of trying to do it on my own. And so I went to a doctor, I told her everything that I, I was experiencing and she was like, you absolutely need to see a psychologist about this. I'm going to create a mental health care plan for you. And if you're listening to this and you feel like you've got any issue in your life, like it does, does not matter that you think that you could benefit from seeing a psychologist, but you haven't because of money. If you go to your doctor and you explain why you feel you need to see one, they can set up a mental health care plan for you, which is something which is like, I'm, I don't want to stuff it up, but it's basically something where the government subsidizes part of it or something like that. So you can either get 10 free or 10 discounted psych sessions a year, which was fantastic. And it made it so much more affordable for me. Um, so I ended up only using the six out of the 10. Um, after my sixth one, she basically said, um, I don't think you, you need to see him anymore. I was making such huge progress from seeing her that after my sixth one, she just said, come back in, um, come back in 12 months or between now and then if you feel that you need me or like you have any like relapsing behavior and stuff like that so honestly seeking professional help was the biggest changer for me I mean I think that I could have got there on my own I definitely think I could have got there on my own but I reckon it would have taken me five times longer. Like I saw her six sessions over a course of probably three to four months, which had changed years of damage that I'd done with my relationship with myself and my body and food. Three to four months and however much money I spent, like I would do that 10 times over to be able to achieve those results that quickly and um, get, to, get to where I am now. So the one thing that I want to I want to highlight as well, and I think this is super important for anyone who does experience binging or binge eating disorder, is that it doesn't have to, it doesn't always go away overnight and it doesn't go away forever. So you might go from binging three to four times a week to twice a week to once a week to once a fortnight to once a month to every three months, six months, one year. So sometimes what happens is when someone feels like they've healed their relationship with food and they're not binging anymore and then they binge in three like three months down the track, they panic so much that they t- they fall into another binge cycle. They start binging daily again after that one binge because they're like it's back. It's not necessarily back. If if you have one one day, that's just like that's just part of it and it's okay and accept that. But be like how can I show up better tomorrow and just and just keep moving forward. If you panic, you're going to fall back into that cycle. But if you're kinder to yourself and you are loving with yourself and being like, how can I expect to never have a bad day again? Like that's just asking, 
unrealistic things of yourself, then you're so much more likely to be able to pick yourself up that afternoon or the next day or whatever and just get back on with it. So do know that um, it is completely normal if you if you do fall backwards sometimes. So basically, um, I came to a point of finishing up coaching um, with Matt and then I just relaxed for a bit. Like honestly, that that next phase of my life is a little bit blurry. I just relaxed around food. I was being like pretty intuitive, unintentionally. I didn't really know what intuitive eating is at that time. So this was about the end of 2018, but I just started just intuitively eating and just having a good time. And for the first time in my life, trying not to diet, like this was the very first time, end of 2018 was the very first time in like four years really, where I hadn't tried to, oh no, longer. My God, what's with my years getting all confused? Anyway, a long time that I hadn't, um, hadn't, hadn't been dieting, which was just crazy to think that for so long, I was just always trying to diet and make myself look prettier and look stronger and look more appealing and be happier with myself. And I didn't realize that all those things that I was searching for, actually could have come from trying not to diet and that's exactly what happened did I put on a bit of weight yes but this time when I put on a little bit of weight I carried it better like I carried it in more a healthy way because I was I was living a healthier lifestyle and I was happy in my body for the first time so I actually probably put on about six kilos all up but I was 6,000 times happier with that extra six kilos on than when I was lighter. I was just genuinely happy or I guess as happy as I had been for a very long time. And then come April 2019, so April last year, I decided to work with another coach again. Um, And basically, yeah, we started working together And I had only recently gone plant-based at that time. So it was the first time I'd ever tried tracking my macros plant-based. And, oh, it was so much harder. Like, I'm going to be completely honest. It wasn't, like, unachievable, but it definitely was harder to try and hit my protein and stuff like that. But that's that's another story. Um, Basically, what happened was I didn't lose as much as I had intended to going into it. But I did it on way higher calories. I did it way more flexibly, way more sustainably and with so much more happiness. And I was just so much less strict on myself. And my coach was fantastic. His name was Adam. Um, And I did lose a bit of weight. So when it came to the end of my coaching period with him, I said that I just wanted to go out on my own and just intuitively eat for a bit. And this was the first time that I'd eaten um, intuitively consciously. So the time before this, I didn't even really know what I was doing. I was kind of like eating intuitive by accident. Um, But this time I was actually giving it a proper go and trying to balance my education with food with also trying to be a little bit kinder to myself and a little bit more flexible with what I what I felt like having without tracking everything and I saw so much success with that and I actually maintained my weight for the first time ever like it fluctuated a little bit but not really and then fast forwarding through um to um last year would have been like oh I don't know. I must have finished up in October last year with her. So whenever that was, I got another coach basically. And I tried to track again. And after having eaten intuitively for so long, trying to get back into tracking was really difficult because I realized that 
it just didn't align with me anymore. It just didn't serve a purpose for me anymore. So I'm going to be completely honest and completely transparent with you guys and say that I didn't see fantastic results because I wasn't 110% compliant because it wasn't a huge priority for me anymore. I realized that my priority was no longer trying to have a six pack or no longer my goal shifted from wanting to wear, you know, like crop tops to just wanting to be happy and wanting to be healthy and just wanting to move my body in a way that feels good. And so when I finished up coaching with my most recent coach, Alice, in October last year, I've just been eating intuitively again since then. And you know what? I... I have lost a lot of muscle, I would say, because I'm not trying to hit protein targets and stuff like that. But I'm just I'm just really happy in myself. And for the first time in probably 10 years, I have maintained my weight. Um, and it's only fluctuated 500 grams to maybe 1.5 kilos in an entire year plus. Like it's been over a year where my weight has stayed within the one kilo range of each other. And that has never happened. I've always gone from, um, I'm not even going to give you specific numbers, but I've already always jumped between 10 kilo differences. Like I've fully jumped from um, drop 10 kilos, gain 10 kilos, drop seven kilos, gain seven kilos for years and years and years, probably nine years. And then this year after losing all the weight, I've just kept it off. And I just, I just haven't really had to put in much effort to do that. And I just purely put that down to the fact that my mindset now is about loving my body, nourishing my body, feeling really good, trusting that food's not going anywhere, giving myself permission to have something bad if I want to, and then giving myself permission to eat a little bit less if I want to. I think there's so much information about there about, you know, people like you should never eat 1200 calories and all of that stuff. And you've got to follow this diet and there's this fat and this fat and this fat and do this. And so you get so scared to overeat and you get so scared to undereat that you just end up not even knowing what to do. And like, as an example, and this isn't saying this is something by any means that you should necessarily follow, but just as an example, you know, this week alone, I had a day where I didn't eat lunch until 1.30 because I wasn't hungry. And then all I had was Um, my lunch and my dinner and I probably only had you know 1200 calories which is like that devil number that everyone demonizes but the day before that what people didn't see was that I had breakfast and then I had a protein bar and then I had lunch and then I had dinner and then I had a whole fucking tub of Ben and Jerry's in bed with my boyfriend a whole tub which is like a thousand calories like and I probably had two and a half two thousand eight hundred three thousand calories that day so it was just and you know what it works for me because I feel really good smashing a tub of Ben and Jerry's and then the next day having a really, really busy work day and just, you know, enjoying whatever I want to enjoy. And I'm not necessarily saying for you to go and do that, but it's just an example of how it's what works for me right now. So I wanted to, I guess, like literally that's brought us up to now, right? Like that was literally this week. So basically to give a recap, I've gone through, I went through a period of gaining weight, being a little bit overweight when I was, you know, a teenager to losing a lot, rebounding back and forth and back and forth and trying these diets. Yes, I tried paleo. Yes, I tried keto for a short period of time. Yes, I did a juice cleanse. Like I did all that bullshit. I've tried it all. I've tried everything and I rebounded a lot. I eventually landed into flexible dieting. That is honestly, hands down, probably the most effective strategy. It's one of the only science, um, science-backed, science evidence-based nutrition um, 
ways of eating so long as you do it properly um, and don't abuse it. It shouldn't just be, it's not if it fits your macros, it's not just a bunch of donuts and stuff like that. It absolutely is 80% whole foods, 20% fun foods, and just more that flexibility. Definitely the method was right. The strategy is right. And it's something that I use with a lot of my clients to this day. However, unfortunately, due to all of the years of shit I had been through prior, by this point, I'd already developed body dysmorphia, which then led to binge eating disorder. So that was a really, really hard time of just binging, followed by feeling shit in my own skin, no matter how much weight I lost, it was never enough. And it wasn't until I um, seeked help and saw a psychologist that I really, really began getting on the journey of where I wanted to go. And in between working with a few coaches, um, tracking macros slash intuitive eating, I finally ended up where I am now, feeling really, really good in my body. I don't have a six pack. I'm not shredded, but I'm fucking happy. And that's all I could ever ask for. So that's a recap of that. But I want to give you guys a little bit of takeaways in terms of what I feel has ultimately led me to get to where I am in a place that I am finally really, really happy and have found peace with my body. So number one is take responsibility. And I think this is the most essential one, whether you've got binge eating disorder or whether you, um, whether it doesn't even matter. The first thing is acknowledging that any excuse you use is you just deflecting responsibility. You need to be fucking relentless about saying, if I want something, it's up to me. It's no one else's fault. It's not the fact that I'm a mum. It's not the fact that I work 60 hours a week. It's not the fact that um, I've got it harder than everyone else. If you want it or you don't want it, like that's the bottom fucking line. And I have used so many excuses under the sun when I had binge eating disorder. That was my biggest excuse of, oh, but I can't because like I've got binge eating disorder, you know? And so I would almost blame it on the disorder. I had so many times of, oh, but I'm at uni. It's really, really hard. I don't have enough time to go to the gym or, oh, it's, you know, it's always one thing or another. And let me tell you this, you may very well have a real legitimate reason, but it doesn't matter. So long as you use that reason, whether it's legitimate or not, you're holding yourself back from stepping into your full potential. So number one is take responsibility for all of your actions, where you're headed and where you want to go and be absolutely relentless about showing up in a way that aligns with you taking responsibility for your goals. Number two is get support. Stop trying to do all this shit on your own and going back and forth and back and forth and rebounding and yo-yoing all of the time. Invest in yourself, whether that is you getting a coach, whether that is you seeing a psychologist, whether that is you doing both, getting a coach and seeing a psychologist, fucking invest. Like it's like you go to a mechanic to fix a car you go to Apple to fix your iPhone or you go to, you know, wherever you want to go to buy a handbag, like that is what coaching is for, to give you support and advice when it comes to training, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to your mindset, that is what they are there for. You are not expected to know how to do everything on your own. So invest and rather than taking one, three, five, ten fucking years to get to where you want to be, Invest in yourself now, show up, stay, have someone who you are staying accountable to, someone who is giving you actual psychological support in terms of helping you with your mindset, and then also giving you the actual strategy and the tools and the steps to follow so you can take out all of that trial and error and get it right the first time. Honestly, that would be such, that probably should have been number one. 
Number three is be kind to yourself. And I know that sounds hard when the first thing I said was take responsibility and, 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 you know, be fucking relentless about that. But also at the same time, you do need to be kind to yourself. You do need to understand that there's a difference between not trying And then having a bump in the road, you're never, ever, ever going to go after any goal in your whole entire life. And I would be surprised. Maybe, maybe this will happen, but I highly doubt it where you don't have an obstacle or you don't relapse or slip up or make a mistake. It's just not human. Like you're a fucking human being. Like be kind to yourself. When you do slip up, it's okay. It's actually not the slip up that makes us fail. It's what we do after the slip up. It's the fact that we allow ourselves to spiral out after the slip up. That is where we end up failing or that is where we go backwards. With that little slip up, we just maintain. We're just flatlining, right? But when we spiral down after the slip up, that is us falling backwards. So be kind to yourself if you do make mistakes or if you do have slip ups and things like that. Just show up the next day. It's honestly not a big deal. And that is where a coach, again, can be really, really beneficial because they're going to be there to give you that love and guidance and support to get you straight back on the right path when you are feeling maybe not so great. Um, And especially girls, like I know that majority of my listeners are females, be kind, learn your menstrual cycle, know how your hormones, mood, energy, um, water retention, all of those kind of things do fluctuate around your cycle. And so you can be kinder to yourself. For example, around ovulation or premenstruation, you may have more fluid retention. So you may actually look puffier. So if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I look like I've gained two kilos. Guess what? You probably have, but it's probably all water. So relax, be kind to yourself, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like Just chill and just show up every day in a more sustainable and loving way. And then number four is going to be my final takeaway for today. And that's just to keep going and find what works for you. As I told you, I tried so many diets and things like that, but... Had I not tried them, I wouldn't know that they weren't right. Like, I don't know. I think there's a difference between just being stupid and then giving, being willing to give something a crack. Like, I don't know, a lemon detox diet, probably a little bit stupid. But um, with things like keto or um, whatever you want to do, with things like that, it's it's okay to try them. Like, it's it's okay to see what works for you. And the way I always put this is like, you know, those people who they're like, do this, I did this and I lost 10 kilos. And it sometimes it can feel like all these people around you are all telling you about these amazing diets or these amazing things that they tried that work for them and they lost all this weight. And you're like, why the fuck can everyone find the perfect thing but me? Guess what? All of those people who told you about the perfect thing that worked for them it was probably the 100th thing they tried. I am yet to find a person who has tried one thing and it was the first thing that worked for them that they stuck with. Most people had to have 99 of the wrong things before they found the 100th perfect thing. So don't look at where people are now. Look at like everything they have done prior to get back to that point. So keep going and keep trying and above all, do what works for you. So for example, there's been times in my life where tracking macros is fantastic. And then there's times in my life where I tried doing that and it just wasn't really aligning with the kind of life that I wanted to live and the social structure. And my priority was being more social and having more fun and stuff like that over body composition goals. And so that's why intuitive eating worked better for me. But at the end of the day, just keep trying, do what works for you. And then above all, 
do what works for you within that timing. So just because something worked for you once doesn't mean that it'll work for you forever. Be willing to pivot, adapt and change. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit about my backstory and all of the kind of shit that I went through to finally get where I am. It's been when you kind of like that whole story is a definition and a, a story of 10 years of my life. Like that's honestly how long it's been um, from 15, 16 to I'm 25 now. So it's been a good nine to 10 years for me. Um, I am sure that if you, if you're willing to invest in yourself and, and you are working with a coach or, or you're taking time to actually get educated proper, you can properly, you can do it a lot quicker than what I did especially given how much information and access to things there is online and stuff like that. When I was 15, 16, there very may well have been online coaches, but there would have been, they would have been very few and far between. There wouldn't have been many. You've got a whole ocean of them. That was a really bad metaphor. I don't even know why I said that. Anyway, you've got such a huge, um, pick to choose from now. There are so many amazing people out there to work with. There is so much amazing information available. Um, just be willing to put time and effort in and, and sort through, the bullshit um, and stuff like that. But yeah, I hope you guys are, are at, a, at a place where you're trying to improve yourselves, but being kind to yourself in the process. And I really, really hope that if you're not not loving your body, that you can very, very soon find that love and compassion for your body and be comfortable with the skin that you're in. Um, I may look at doing an episode on how to help binge eating or how to have more body confidence, stuff like that in the future. If that is something you want to see, please send me an email, DM on Instagram or something like that. I'd love to hear what else you guys would like to see in relation to this topic, but I hope you guys have a good week and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>